3: The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to your tech report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of your tech report. And welcome to follow along
1: with us on Twitter. It is at your tech report, Facebook.com slash your tech report, our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash your tech report online. Welcome to another awesome edition of the show, Mitchell. Uh, I, I am Mark Aflalo. You are Mitchell Whitfield. I this, still am, yes. This week, we are going to speak to some very cool companies. Garmin, they've been making, as we used to call them, sat-nav units for our car for many, many years. <laughs> uh, a company like that still relevant in today's market. And we are going to talk to uh, someone in their marketing department and, and find out what they're doing these days because they had a, a real big CES this year.
0: Well, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I mean, and you mentioned something that I think we like to do with a lot of companies, especially in the world of smartphones where everybody's smartphone has become their own personal navigation unit, right? People are saying, oh, I don't need them in my car anymore, but let's face it. Uh, First of all, Garmin is much more than about, you know, dash, uh, GPS, portable GPS. They do everything from watches, sport, fitness. I mean, they do a lot of stuff. But it's great to talk about this stuff because people, I think, sometimes have these skewed ideas that, oh, this company's not relevant anymore because we now have this. And that's that's just not the case. Garmin is alive and kicking, probably doing better than ever.
1: The emoji economy. Believe it or not, people are actually making money using emojis. (laughs) I know that your family is like emoji crazy. I honestly, I got this emoji keyboard and I see it more so lately because on the new MacBook pro you've got that touch bar and it's very That's colorful right. so when the emojis pop up I every once in a while I'll use them but not not so much as to the point that where I'm actually making money off it but there there are people making money off of using emojis selling emojis sticker packs et cetera, et cetera. so we're going to talk to a company that is actually helping artists and helping people and helping you create your own emoji packs and that company is Moji Lala yes people making money with emojis Mitchell
0: uh, I love that. And by the way, a little something for our listeners. We like to get little tidbits, little hands-on little features and stuff. But if you didn't know, in case you didn't know, the latest version of iOS, the latest version of iOS 10 more specifically, uh, you have the ability – whenever you're sending a text, Mark, it will highlight words. (laughs) Within your text, have you seen this? I have, It'll highlight words that have an emoji equivalent for that word. So if you want to go in and put an emoji in instead of that particular word, it's kind of a new thing that they added this this past year, which is a cool feature. If you've never seen it before, just start typing a text and looking at it. It comes up orange if there's an emoji you can swap in and just touch the word. It's kind of cool. It's kind of sad, but it's kind of cool at the same time. A little bit of both.
1: Um, plus, you know what? They're, 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 we try to ignore the rumors. It's hard to ignore all the rumors. We do pay attention to the rumors. But there is going to be a new iPhone this year. This is the 10th anniversary of the iPhone. Ten yes. years of iPhone, believe it or not. So there's lots of rumors all over the internet as to what this next iPhone is going to be. We are going to take some time to break them down, tell you what they are, tell you what we think. Um, if you if you didn't, head over to YouTube. I posted a video last week, Mitchell, about um, our top three must haves for the next operating system because regardless of the video, phones the yeah regardless of the phones and the iPads and stuff like that the software is really playing a, a really big role this time around because hardware can only get so much faster and we know the graphics are going to be better this is going to be better you know sensors will be better lots of cool you know neat gadgets but at the same time software is really what's going to set things apart
0: We've been saying this for a long time, and I, I've been I've been complimenting you and giving you kudos and praise over the years, and I think you were way ahead of the curve on this and saying that you know, eventually the hardware gets exponentially better, obviously, but it is the software. And you even, we even mentioned this in the description of that YouTube video. And if you go to, you know, YouTube top, dot, youtube.com slash your tech report online, you can see all the videos, all the giveaways we're doing. Still doing a lot of giveaways by the way. And in that video, we even say, you know, it is the software that runs these devices and yeah. it's the software, especially in in, in a, in a, for for things that have screens that allow us to change functionality, the software is what drives these these great gadgets, and uh, I think especially when it comes to mobile software, I think maybe Apple is going to start loosening their grip a little bit in terms so. of telling us what we can and can't do, and the, your video addresses that very very well done video, by the way, Mark.
1: Yeah, Excellent. A, a couple yeah. weeks ago, Mobile World Congress kind of wrapped up in Barcelona, Spain. We have yet to catch up with Frank Lee over at LG. His schedule's conflicting. We're going to speak to him next week all about the new G6. We talked about Motorola, and, and Moto in general, I mean, this is... Our giveaway just ended for the Moto Z Play and that beautiful Hasselblad Moto Mod. So you know what? It's time for Mitchell. It's time to actually award that giveaway. But before we do that, before we go okay. into that hat okay. and okay. giveaway, yes. I want to I want to recap what the whole Moto Mod system is because we had our hands on time with these phones when they first were released. And the whole concept behind this is is a modular phone, but it, it didn't do what LG tried to do with the G5 where you kind of pop something on and off on the bottom. This is completely unobstru- unobtrusive, unobstructive. To the phone, you kind of snap it on the back magnetically, and it gives you some great, great features. For example, um, on the Moto Z Play, that's the thicker phone. It's about a six hundred and fifty dollars value. This is one we're giving away. Um, right. You can turn it into a projector. I'm um, using uh, a projector uh, add-on from Lenovo. You could add on a battery pack with the Incipio battery pack. You can create incredible sound with a JBL Soundbooth speaker. You've got the, as I said, the InstaShare projector, which, believe it or not, a tiny micro-pico projector on a phone actually does make a lot of sense. Especially it, yeah, it with really kids does. and YouTube and stuff like that. Um, Forget about
0: that. Imagine having a presentation in your pocket. That sounds a little naughtier than I meant it to, do, but it that is. That did you get sound to the- naughty. <laughs> Would you like to see the presentation of my pocket, young man? But no, I mean, just it really happy to does see you. Give you <laughs> it really does give you all these options, and I think this, The first of all, none of this would work if Motorola, if Moto didn't make great phones to begin with. Yeah. We've always liked motor devices, okay? Yes. They've always made great, battery life has been a Moto thing since the beginning, okay? Uh, and, and the fact that you have a great experience, a great Android experience on these devices, great battery life to begin with, but then you it has this modular design. It's kind of genius though, Mark, isn't it? I mean, everyone wants their cell phone to be a camera, but when you put that Hasselblad mod on there, you are putting a 10 times optical zoom onto your yes. cell phone and making it a true professional photography device. I mean, it it, it takes pictures that rival pro photo. You know, and I mean, it's
1: it's incredible. And this is what someone is going to have the opportunity to to walk away with, thanks to our good friends over at Moto. They send us the Moto Z Play. It's right here. It's in a box. It's ready to go out. That Hasselblad mod. You're talking about a $349 Canadian value, as you said. 10 times optical zoom, advanced imaging stabilization. You've it, an incredible, incredible. power package plus once you're in the ecosystem you'll be able to get the other mods you can get the sound blue speaker the off-grid power pack the
0: three forty nine price that was just for the Hasselblad that's mod been, that's that's just about, right? for the Hasselblad yeah. mod the play itself the phone, the is 650 the two of them is much more than that obviously yeah, yeah
1: no absolutely so the winner of the moto z play and the yes. Hasselblad mod is Veronique bruins from Quebec wow uh, Somewhere near me. Name. Somewhere near name. me. I have to find that <laughs> one. Uh, congratulations. You are the official winner of the Moto Z Play and the Moto Mod. We'll be in touch with you and figure out how to get you this wonderful device. Now, don't forget, Mitchell, we're doing these contests um, uh, on YouTube intentionally so you guys can see these devices so that you can understand how they work, so that we can get you more involved, to give you that whole kind of behind-the-scenes look at what we do here on the show. And, and we have the Autel Drone is the next one we're going to be giving away. Talk about a buzz! on these giveaways people are loving it people are emailing me personally saying hey Mark I think I won that giveaway I'm like no you didn't really win (laughs) that giveaway just yet but we've got way more in store
0: and I know you'll see a lot of YouTubers out there that, professional YouTubers that, ask for comments on their video and thumbs up and stuff. And obviously it helps, it helps them, it helps us as well. But especially in our comment section, we really do rely on you guys, not just saying, you know, I, I'd like to win this, because we love we love to hear what you guys wanna win, but if there's something you'd like to see us go hands on with, if there's another giveaway that you'd like us to do in the future, if there's something, and believe me, we do hear what you're saying. A lot of the, a lot of our giveaways so far have been open basically to North America, US and Canada. Mm-hmm. But we hear we do have fans that are all over Someone the world. Someone from Australia eventually-
1: emailed me saying, please, please, please. <laughs> we'll, we'll open we're it up. We'll be, I promise we will. We will, will start
0: opening up these giveaways. We will have something, but you know, there's a reason for the, the way that we're doing it right now, but we promise we will be expanding. So please be patient wherever you are in the world, wherever you're listening to us. We will have a giveaway for you very soon.
1: So check out that Autel drone giveaway. Check out, obviously, that Moto Z Play and the Moto Mod. That is no longer yours to be won. It belongs now to uh, Veronique in Quebec. Congratulations <sighs> uh, once again. And YouTube channel is youtube.com slash yourtechreportonline, youtube.com slash yourtechreportonline. We're still waiting for people to give us their feedback on that iOS 11 video because I want to talk about it on an upcoming show, and I want people to get involved in that conversation because it is a big conversation to have. So again, on Twitter, we are at yourtechreport, facebook.com slash yourtechreport, and youtube.com slash yourtechreportonline. Mitchell, awesome show lined up, but... Mm I wanted to take some time to talk about yes. a product category that we never kinda really kinda touched upon before.
0: There are plenty of products out there that help you find something once once you've lost it, right? But how many products are there out there that help you that help stop you from losing things in the first place?
1: Am I right? You are absolutely right, let alone products that help you keep track of things That's that you right. should have with you. Yep. On the line with us right now is a co-founder of a company and a product called GearEye, Julia Lerner. Welcome to your tech report. Thank you for doing this with us.
4: Thank you for inviting me for the interview.
1: Well, it's it's our pleasure to have you here. It's very exciting to talk about GearEye because this is a product that I think everybody can take advantage of. Can you, can you explain to our listeners what exactly GearEye
4: does? GearEye is a management system for your gear. It's a small device which can track your items with small RFID stickers and a mobile application. So you can tag anything you own, a wallet, credit cards, equipment, power tools, uh, drones, anything you own, and it will track it in the range of up to three meters. So, so- you can create a list with your item. And uh, scan your bag, and the application will tell you what is absent, what you have forgotten, and where did you see it last time.
0: See, now, I, I think this is brilliant, because as I, s- as I said in the opening, we-, we have a lot of tools now that can allow us to find things once they're lost. But really, with a product like GearEye, there's no need to lose anything anymore. And lose anything, because once you have everything tagged, you can just sort of scan your bag and make sure you have everything before you leave the house, Correct.
4: Exactly. This was my personal dream because it sold my pain.
1: Well, this is my next. My next question was: How did this idea come about? Obviously, you had some some heartache, and obviously, you had some pain. What was that pain that made you think of this idea?
4: Yeah, it was uh, two, actually it was two cases which caused me to search for the solution. The first one, when I received by regular mail an envelope, when I opened it, I found my passport inside. So, some kind people found my passport and just sent it to me by mail, without me knowing that I lost it. Oh, wow! The, Yeah, it was uh, crazy. And after that, uh, when I was in the airport, I couldn't find my wallet and passport again. So I needed to renew one. It was also a very expensive process, and uh, I decided to search for a solution. But uh, the only things I saw on the market were Bluetooth tags, uh, which are nice uh, electronic devices. uh, But they are very, very big. I couldn't put it on my wallet. I couldn't put it on my credit card. And also they had battery, which ran out after I bought one. And uh, I decided to search for something which is completely different, which I can put on any items because connection with my personal items uh, is my dream.
0: See, that, that you naturally led into my next question, which is, you know, a lot of these other solutions that are not exactly like yours, but ones that are meant to find things, you know, after they're already missing, they are kind of bulky and although they, you know, they are listed as a way to, you know, attach it to anything, they're really not that convenient, but your solution with GearEye, the actual the actual tags that you're putting on your devices are very small and very thin, correct?
4: Right, right,
1: yeah. They're, they're RFID tags, right? So they work almost like, like those uh, access cards that people use to get into the system, so there's there's no actual battery, Mitchell. They actually stick on different devices. They have different sizes. And thanks to the dongle, it connects to the app and lets that bridge you into, into your gear. So for example, if you're, you know, a photographer and you have a lot of camera equipment, you got flashes, you've got lenses, you can stick it on your different your different items. You can create a checklist in the app of things that you might need. And before you go out, you can check to make sure you have everything. It'll lot of, you know check within the proximity. And more importantly, when you leave. It'll check to make sure that you got everything with you, you didn't drop anything.
4: Uh, yeah. You explained it so well that I have <laughs> nothing to add. Except that, uh, it also records uh, the last time where you when you saw your item. So you have a GPS location of every item you you tag.
1: Oh, that's great! So you like, know where it was. Need, in case you, you do lose it, it, you get an idea of where it might have be might be if you're looking for it.
4: Yeah, exactly. Where's my wallet? Ah, oh, last time I saw it in uh, it's this is saw it in Starbucks. Okay, I'll go there <laughs> and pick it.
1: Very cool.
0: Well, let, let me ask you this. So let's say someone is buying, uh, is buying Gear Eye. What comes in the main package? You have the dongle, and then how many, how many of the stickers, how many do you have that actually you can put on different devices?
4: Uh, actually, we have a pack of 20 different stickers, different sizes and different ranges. So you can select which one fits uh, which item. And uh, the device itself, uh, the package is, together with 20 tags, co- uh, costs $129. Now, now this was a now, kickst- now on Indiegogo. So we we just uh, finished the Kickstarter campaign and we continue on Indiegogo campaign. So
1: well, the Kickstarter campaign, you you, originally you asked for a sixty thousand dollars goal. You made five hundred and fifty eight thousand dollars. So obviously, this is you know the people have spoken and decided that this is definitely a product that they want to get behind. So I want to congratulate you on that. Um, how how soon are people receiving the uh, the the first packs? Are they out now? Are they shipping?
4: We will start shipping in the June. Thanks for congratulations. We are very very excited that there is a real need on the market.
1: Well, it's a, it's an incredible product, and we can definitely definitely excited to get our hands on it and use it ourselves. Congratulations again, and we look forward to catching up with you once the product is in our hands to talk more about it. Thanks a lot, Mark. That product again is Gear Eye. You are listening to Your Tech Report. Mark Flallow and Mitchell Whitfield with you. Congratulations again to the winner of our Moto Z Play with Hasselblad Moto Mod. We are going to send that out very shortly. Still to come on this week's edition of Your Tech Report, an awesome show lined up. We're going to take a quick break and come back and speak to a company that we've known about for a very long time, and that company is Garmin. Following that, we're going to dive into the emoji economy, and then, Mitchell, let's get down to some brass tacks and talk about the next iPhone. It is Your Tech Report. Follow along with us on Twitter, at Your Tech Report. We'll be back in a moment.
3: Your Tech Report will be right back. Now, back to Your Tech Report. Welcome
1: back to Your Tech Report. Marka Flalo and Mitchell Whitfield with you on Twitter. Follow along at Your Tech Report, facebook.com, slash Your Tech Report, or our website, of course, yourtechreport.com. Mitchell, long yes. before cell phones were telling us how to get places, there existed a company, and that company you might be familiar with. What do you think that yes. is? Uh, could it be Garmin? It could be Garmin. Well-planned, well well-executed. <laughs> Uh, Garmin's a company that you know a lot of people in the consumer world I think associate with navigation, but you know what? This company is all over such a slew of industries that we had to bring a specialist on board, and that specialist is Maggie, Maddie Estrada. You are you handle media relations for Garmin, correct?
5: Yes, that is correct. Thank you guys so much for
1: having me. Maddie, I'm so excited to have you on the show because not only did you announce some very cool stuff at CES, but you guys have been around for so long. So before we really get into some products, can you give us a quick history lesson about the company itself?
5: Yeah, no problem. Uh, Garmin actually started out as an aviation company, believe it or not. Um, then we kind of realized that you know we had to kind of diversify our product offering. So then we got into uh, the automotive side, making making street maps, uh, our street nav. Uh, Units. I'm not sure if you've seen any of those giant GPS units. Um, <laughs> then we kind of diversified even further and went into marine and we offer um, boat, products like um, (laughs) the uh, GPS map products, which are chart plotters for both inland and saltwater fishing. Um, Then we diversified even further and created some fitness and wellness products, as well as uh, outdoor recreational handhelds. Um, We actually just acquired Delorme, which uses satellite communicators. So we have diversified our product even more to kind of cope with a changing market um you know GPS units, the PNDs that, you know, everyone is used to in their cars is still kind of our bread and butter. People think that it's declining super, super quickly, and that market is just a little bit, but not quite as quickly as people think. So that is still a big part of our business, but we've been able to diversify and create, you know, 2016, 2017, some products that are are really cool and compelling in the marketplace of wearables and smartwatches and fitness and wellness, all multi-spers everything that's everything but the kitchen sink that we've got now.
0: <laughs> you know I'm, I'm glad you mentioned diversification because that's what I think of when I think of Garmin and I think we talked about this a little before we went on the air. There's this perception that that Uh, Garmin is all about navigation in the car. And we know that's not true. We know you guys make a slew of products using, leveraging your GPS history uh, along a huge line of products. But for a lot of people, they're thinking, oh, I used to have a Garmin navigation unit in my car, but now either my car has it built in, or I use my smartphone, I just strap it in there. But like you said, you guys are about so much more than that. One thing I wanted to touch on was your line of fitness products, because you guys have been getting some rave reviews, more so than Apple Watch or any of the Android devices. Garmin Fitness devices are really fantastic.
5: Yeah, you you know, we were actually in the wearable space before wearables was its own category. Our very first forward watch came about in, I believe, 2001, and we've been making them ever since. So we've um, gradually had more robust watches and smaller packages, and we've been able to offer a variety of different products that appeal to the diff, diff, lots of different types of customers ranging from someone who is just getting off the couch and wants to be active to an ironman ironman athlete that's doing you know 70 miles every <laughs> for uh <laughs> for a race you know it's we've kind of appealed to anyone who wants to get out and be active.
1: And, and you go pretty specific, uh, sorry, because you've got not only just activity tracking, but you have some products that are specific to running, to cycling, right. to swimming, to golf, hiking. I mean, if, if I think of just an athlete in general, you've got something specific for every type of activity people might do.
5: Right. You know, and one thing that Garmin has really prided ourselves on is that we make purpose-built hardware. You know, it's hard to create a one-size-fits-all device. Um, But with Garmin products, you know that you're a runner and you're a cyclist, and so maybe you want to buy our Phoenix watch that has running, cycling, um, different sorts of cross-training available. Um, there's all sorts of different activity features for every level of athlete.
1: You've even got pets covered, by the way. And we're not we're not gonna <laughs> be able we're not gonna be able to get into every single product, and that's a good thing, Mad- Maddie, because I think that we're gonna want to have you back on to talk about specific products. But yeah, there's sure. even there's even a sports and recreation category for household pets, Mitchell. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I love that.
0: I love that. And Maddie, one of the things one of the other things I wanted to touch on is, even in this time where we've said, where, where maybe the perception might be, oh, I can now use my smartphone. I can use this. There are still some fantastic in-car devices. Let's face it. Not every person either has or wants to use their smartphone right. as a navigation screen, depending on the size of the device they have. And not every car, as new as they are, is still having a navigation built into the head unit is still considered a premium option with a lot of vehicles. And your in-car navigation, continue to get, the displays continue to get brighter, they continue to get thinner and more portable, so you guys are still innovating in a space where people think, oh, we don't need innovation there anymore, but that's not really true.
5: Right, and with our auto products, we've been able to bring in some features like lane departure warnings and things like speed speed limit warnings that, you know, are usually only available in those premium, premium cars that you know might be out of budget for a lot of people but you can pay $150 to get a Garmin GPS device and have those uh, safety features right in your car as well without having to spend another $20,000 to get a really
0: <laughs> fancy car. Exactly. And one speaking about spending extra money, I have to give you guys a lot of credit because one of the things that you guys do that a lot of others, you know, a lot of other companies don't do is you now have lifetime maps for the people that purchase your in-car devices, yes. which I love because there's nothing than spending a lot of money on a gorgeous, you know, new unit for your car, and then realizing every year or two you had to shell out another $69 $99 to update your maps. Garmin doesn't do this. I'm looking at all your units here, and they all come with lifetime maps and live traffic.
5: Yes, that is correct.
0: Uh, so let's see, that's good for me because I would want to pay any more. Now I don't have to. <laughs> Perfect.
1: There's there's one feature that I that I saw that was very cool and that is um, you have one unit that has the built-in dash cam and I think this is you guys take advantage of this in kind of a unique way. Not only is it a dash cam, but it kind of adds a little bit of a augmented reality flair when using the device.
5: Yeah, I mean it really does help with you know safety features. Um, I would not know what to do if I got in a car wreck and someone. Is trying to um, kind of shell me out of some money or the insurance because yeah. you know things aren't my fault. I think I like to think that I'm a great driver, but having that dash cam there is just a great extra safety feature.
1: So, Maddie, can you talk about the specific products um, ad, that you announced at CES.
5: Uh, we had quite a few products at CES. Um, our Phoenix line of multisport watches updated with um, the Phoenix Five line um, of multisport watches. Then we. Since we acquired Delorme about this time last year, we announced the first Garmin handheld devices with the satellite, the InReach satellite communication capabilities, and then we also announced a new set of drive units, which is the Auto units.
1: Now tell me about the VivoFit Junior. Now I've got a specific (laughs) place in my heart for this device because when it comes to, sorry, when it comes to wearables in general, my son is wearing my old Apple watch just because he wants to wear something, right? Um, It forced me to get a new one, which is fine. That's okay. (laughs) Um, But you've designed an activity tracker that is not only designed for kids, but has a parental kind of guidance and management app that goes along with it. Can you tell people about this?
5: Yeah, so um, our Fit Junior was announced last October, I believe, last fall. And what it does is it creates, um, it makes it kind of a game. So you can, there's an app that's associated with it um, that you can put on your tablet to let them use. That They kind of make their way through this game. They can unlock different lessons. They can keep track of chores and do all sorts of different things. But still the parents have total control over everything. They come in some great color options that are great for both boys and girls. And um, they're super cute. <laughs> like, I think just looking at them is great. <laughs>
0: hey, you know what, Maddie? Continuing your line of, of other products people might not know about, you mentioned before that one of the uh, one of the in car units had a dash cam. But you also got you guys also make action cams for cyclists and athletes. Correct?
5: Yes, that is correct. We have our Verb line of action cameras um, that have utilized our GPS technology with um, some features that we like to call G-metrics. So while you are out on the trail or riding your bike or doing whatever, you can overlay how fast, how far, how awesome your adventure was with the G-metrics. You can overlay that data right onto the video.
1: Tell me about um, you know, the technology that goes into all of these products at the end of the day. Is there a whole business involved of Garmin that just handles the mapping side of things?
5: Uh, yes, we do have a cartography department
1: very cool i mean this is especially on the aviation side mitchell i have friends yeah. who fly planes helicopters etc etc et cetera, et cetera, that you know this is it's, it's one of garment is one of those companies that is just just spans so many different uh, aspects of it maddie um I, thank you for joining us this week i want to obviously we're going to kind of ask you if we can get hands-on with some products so we can have you on again to actually talk about our experiences you know that that sure. the, the vivo fit junior for for example would be perfect for my son and i'd love to be able to play with that but anyway we'll, we'll get to that specifically but thank you thank you so much for joining us this week
3: You're Your Tech Report will be right back. Now, back to Your Tech Report. Welcome back to
1: Your Tech Report. I am Marco Flalo, As always, joined by Mitchell Whitfield. Follow us on Twitter. It is at Your Tech Report. Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report online. And, of course, all of the above can be found on YourTechReport.com. Mitchell Mobile World Congress is kind of like a thing in the past now. We look in that rear view mirror. We saw some cool announcements from LG. We saw some cool stuff right. from Samsung. Everybody's out there showing their wares. And this seems to be, to me, the, the pattern in which things happen every year. I mean, this is a repeating pattern. But this is a big year looking forward to what Apple is going to unveil with their next <laughs> iPhone. And we try yes. not to... Talk about all the rumors and stuff like that um, throughout the year because there are so many of them. Um, but but sometimes we got to sit down and just kind of regroup and say, okay, what do we know about this new phone? Because this is the 10th anniversary iPhone, and what we're hearing and, and what we're seeing and supply chains and rumors, this phone's in production. This phone is like already. Baked, it's ready to go. <laughs> um, it's it's gonna it's gonna pack a whole slew of features. So, so let's break down what I mean. What's the most recent of which, we, you know? Okay. You know, touch ID with the without actually a button?
0: <laughs> uh, touch ID without a button has been the big rumor that we've been hearing about for months now. And I don't mean four months, I mean for months now. And recently, there's a new patent that we just saw uh, online, and that this is really interesting. And we've seen everything, you know, like I said, the touch sensor disappearing, uh, the whole screen of your iPhone becoming a touch sensor. And this rumor is getting a lot more credence with this most recent patent that I read about called Acoustic Imaging System Architecture. That's the most recent patent filed by Apple. And what this does, what this means, Mark, is, uh, you know, force touch that every new I iPhone do. has built into it. Yes. And you press it, you can feel it vibrate, feels feels like a button when there's not really a button on the screen. Okay. Basically, when you touch your finger, any of your fingers actually anywhere on the screen, and force touch is activated. It uses the vibrations, the acoustic, the sound vibrations that, that, that bear with me here, that that force touch creates. Because, you know, vibration is sound and sound is vibration. They're both one and the same. It can actually, this new patent says that this sensor can read the vibration that bounces off the little ridges, the fingerprints <laughs> on any of your fingers to identify the unique marks on a fingerprint and basically uses the sound waves created by Force Touch to read your fingerprint, which means... In fact, that the entire screen does become a fingerprint reader, that which is really
1: incredible. And this is really the, the most recent patent that talks about That's reading right, fingerprints before, yeah. through the actual display, which means right. that you know behind the LCD, whether it's embedded in the glass or however it's presented, you really don't need that physical button anymore. And, and it's funny because we, we lost that physical button. There really is no physical button anymore. There's just this kind of circled divot in your phone that gives you the impression that there's a button there, but right. it's, it's not. It's It looks
0: like a button, but it doesn't push down or anything. No,
1: exactly. It doesn't actually physically touch. So that's really the first step Apple made towards getting rid of this entirely. And the cool thing about that patent in particular, if you really take it down, you almost have to explode it large to understand what that concept means. It's kind of like sonar, you know? It, It sends out a signal, and it reads how fast it takes for that signal to get back to you to measure the distance between point A and point B. It's doing this at such a microscopic level. (laughs) <laughs> through glass that makes that makes this kind of discovery or this invention so absolutely insane and cool
0: Now, I want want to give this a little context, Mark, because there's been some backlash, I mean, not in the past, continues to be backlash as Apple continues to innovate. And yes, long term, these innovations are helpful, but short term, there are a lot of growing pains involved. I know we have a lot to talk about, especially with the MacBook Pro, losing all those ports that we're used to in favor of USB-C. So we know that Apple innovates at the expense sometimes of what we're comfortable with, right?
1: Well, but tell me something, you know, to kind of interject here. When's the last time you heard anybody complain about the loss of the headphone jack.
0: Well, you know what? There are some purists out there that still complain, but here's the funny part. Here's what I want to tell people. I, I don't complain about it anymore, that's for sure. I never complained about it because I went wireless a long time ago. But if you're an audiophile, you can make an argument that the wired sound is still better. Let's, let's put all that aside. When we're losing these jacks, these ports, and these buttons, and the button's a big one, Mark. Even the existing button, that isn't really a button because it doesn't push, but it is a sensor which does take up space. A headphone jack takes up space. Physical buttons don't just take up space on the surface of a device. They take up space on the subsurface and the interior of a phone because there has to be inside a module that reads whatever that fingerprint sensor does. So all these things take up space. What does that mean? It takes up space that could be occupied by bigger battery more screen. In the case of a physical button like the home button, it stops the screen from extending all the way down. Well, think of this, Mark. Without a physical home button of any kind, whether it's a button that doesn't push or a button that's just meant to read your fingerprint, without that button, space, they can have a screen that extends all the way the length of your phone, which means bigger screen on the same size physical form factor.
1: So let's talk about what we what we know about or what we are hearing about in terms of the screen size, okay? okay. Yeah. We are hearing that the phone will basically take on the same form form of the iPhone you know, 7 Plus or or 7 but the screen is going to be an OLED display which means it doesn't need backlighting like an LCD does which means again less space taken on the interior and this is not only going to be an edge to edge display but this is going to be a curved display that is taking up the entire front of the actual phone. Whether this actually comes to fruition or not is, is obviously one of those questions but this means that Apple is going to be able to innovate on the user interface in very cool Ways We're used to that bottom row being this kind of springboard, but you're not going to be limited to that anymore. You're not going to have to worry about things like that. Um, plus the technology they've also patented whereby they can actually project sound from behind the screen as well, not requiring an actual speaker that's built in there as well, but this also, also goes back to the fact that they're saying that the motherboard itself, so that all the processing, all, every, all the chips on board, instead of being this, this kind of long and wide design, is going to be two-tiered. It's going to be stacked on top of each other, taking even less space in your device, which means using the same physical form factor in terms of the actual size, they can get a larger battery and more battery life.
0: And that's going to be the biggest issue because, I mean, as our devices get more complex, even software complex, Mark, I'm not even talking hardware complex. I'm talking software, which a lot of times improved software obviously demands improved performance of hardware and improved battery life. Uh, But but think about it. Okay, so here's what we've heard. We've heard that the iPhone is going to be offered in three sizes, 4.7, 5.1, and 5.5. Now, the the largest iphone right now is the 5 is it the 5.5 inch screen that we have or is it a 5. it's fi- it's 5.5 i think it's 5. It 5.5 5.5? diagonal yeah but here's here's the whole thing like you said you cannot change the form factor and just change the screen size itself and and expand the screen on existing form factor for example the current 4.7 inch uh, iPhone that we have is that the is that would that be the the standard the standard, six, seven. standard seven seven or correct s- standard seven right yeah that could easily be stretched out to a much larger device as you said just by str- by stretching the screen across that real estate same thing even we've heard that they could have even bigger than a 5.5 with the with the plus line if you extend that corner to corner without the restraints and the restrictions of physical buttons we're talking so when people hear oh the phone's going to get bigger the physical shape of the phone won't get bigger this screen is just going to be larger because we're losing the things that get in the way of having a larger screen. Yeah. So we're hearing three different screen sizes right now. Even larger than what we have, what we have, and, you know, slightly larger than that if you stretch out the plus line over a larger form factor. And this is going to be huge because I've always wanted, I mean, maybe I can even get a smaller iPhone in physical size, but still have the same size screen. To me, that would be a huge win.
1: I've got I, I've gotten used to this, the, the plus size, so I'm, I'm good with that. So have I, and It's yeah. comfortable in my hand that I find that really good uh, another thing we're hearing is that there's going to be this a new insane front-facing camera that's not only going to have, uh, you know, incredible megapixel depth and beautiful aperture for selfies, but we're hearing that we're also going to see some kind of iris scanner and our face recognition, which is something we haven't really seen in the past, so this would be new technology, and this is what's kind of fighting when you're talking about the rumors. This is where you see rumors fight against each other, those those, those 3D touch rumors versus the face recognition rumors. You know, it would be hard to see these 3D touch, or sorry, the touch ID disappear entirely, because they've invested a lot of time in it and a lot of devices, especially putting in the new MacBook Pro. But adding something on top of that for another layer of protection seems to be interesting.
0: Well, and, and also when you hear an expression like a new 3D camera, I don't want people to be misled where they think, you know, they're going to be taking 3D images or the iPhone is suddenly going to become a 3D imaging device. I mean, that could happen. Obviously, if the technology is there, it could happen. But when we hear about a 3D camera, it has exactly to do what, with what Mark just said, which is the way the camera reads the environment, the way it can scan an iris, the way it can scan a face using 3D modeling. So it isn't just, it isn't just looking at a flat image of your face, it is scanning your face, which obviously makes it, you know, makes encryption that much tougher. It's a much better encrypted phone because it's using, the, I mean, it's using the technology of three-dimensional reading in how it reads your face and how it reads your eyes. So these sort of advances, when I hear about 3D imaging, these are true adva- advances, not just for what we're used to when we think of 3D images, but the way a camera is actually able to read the environment, not the way that we see the display. So it is it is a really cool innovation.
1: And the other, and the other last kind of thing that we're hearing is that, that more and more of the physical buttons are just going to go away. And the reason for this really comes down to waterproofing, dustproofing, um, all that kind of stuff. The less physical movement, the less protrusions there are for water to get in, for dust to get in, et cetera, et cetera, which really does, at the end of the day, not only I give you something, you know, a waterproof device, which they say right. it's going to be IP68 as opposed to 67, which means increased waterproofing, uh, but it also increases the life of these devices. So at the end of the day, not only are we, we expecting a large, you know, technological kind of facelift on this device and a really big change for this 10th anniversary iPhone, but we're, we're expecting to see a lot of changes, Capac- you know, uh, uh, capacitive buttons where you just kind of touch it and it actually it's kind of like the the home button does now, but kind of embedded on the side. Yet everybody is saying we still need some kind of one, one physical button of some kind to be able to hard reset, et cetera, et cetera, when you just can't do anything with the software.
0: Right. And I was, that's one of the things I was going to ask you. I mean, do you really think we need any of these buttons? And again a lack of any buttons means customization of putting a button which you kind of touched on anywhere you want. Maybe Apple will find us, finally let us customize these devices a little more where if we're going to have capacitive touch buttons everywhere, I mean, just regular, you know, we can create our own buttons basically anywhere on the screen thanks to force touch being on the entire screen. You know, we can customize it and make the experience anything we want it to be. But I think, Mark, as consumers, and we can definitely put our consumer hats on because we are consumers. We love gadgets. We don't always get everything sent to us. We go out and buy a ton of stuff for either for ourselves or for the show or for our YouTube giveaways, whatever it is, you know, do we get too caught up as consumers in what has been? the way things have always been. And I think that's an interesting way of looking at it because I think when it comes to losing things, losing a headphone jack, losing a home button, you hear a lot of people say, but but well tell me, what's upsetting about that? Well, I'm used to it. That's the way it's always been. And when you look at a company like Apple, I mean, it, they go against everything that the way it's always been stands for. So should we really be that surprised that they're that they're taking away these things we've been used to? And the biggest response we're having and, and the outcry is, but 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 I'm I used so to. used yeah. to that. And you know, I understand when it comes to things like you know, again, the MacBook Pro losing certain ports that we still have dozens of USB cables and SD card readers, so there's still legacy things that we could still use, but the big, big picture, we're used to it and that's why the loss becomes bigger. Not because it's bad, because it's what we're familiar with.
1: I think it comes down to less of uh, of, of greedy consumers, more of just human nature. Exactly. We just don't like we're change. we creatures of habit. Yeah, we creatures of habit. We don't like change. Uh, anything, any change that's presented to us that we're forced upon us we don't really like but you know you have options you can stick with older devices you can do stuff like that but I kind of want to wrap this one up by by reminding people that you know Apple did announce WWDC their Worldwide Developers Conference is happening June 5th to 9th in San Jose California and this really is one of those pivotal moments where we're going to see the preview of the next operating system for both the Mac and especially the, the iOS devices the iPad and the iPhone and this is normally when we get some kind of about the feature set and what might be made possible with this next device we don't find out any details about the device itself well fingers crossed maybe we do but um (laughs) but we do get a glimpse of the power of the computing that this devices will be able to you know provide us when we actually see wwdc kind of unfold in june
0: can i go out on a limb here that the new iphone is going to be called iphone x or iphone 10
1: it's gonna be, you know what? I, okay, I, I say iPhone 100 percent, but iPhone yeah. X, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they're gonna use no, that X or not. No, iPhone X for
0: the ten. But here's uh, the whole thing. I don't thing. know. I don't know. Well, you know what? They got rid of they got rid of OS ten, Remember now it's just Mac OS and iOS, right? So exactly. Apple they get rid of OS X. So I mean, it, it wouldn't be that way because it would be in that same family name. But I think just it looks it looks cool, it a, new, looks cool. a rebrand. Yeah, I think cool. we're <laughs> gonna see for the tenth tenth anniversary. I think we're gonna see a complete rebrand because I don't think again Apple doing things differently. You know, think different. Their whole campaign. Yeah. I don't think they want to be taken up in the same naming culture that has existed for phones, and also losing the association with other, you know, Galaxy Eight or whatever, whatever yeah. other companies name their devices. Apple is going to reset the table right now. Okay. This year they're going to reset it.
1: I'll, I'll take your iPhone Ten, and I say they're just going to be calling it the new iPhone.
0: You're so bold, Mark. How did you get so bold? <laughs>
1: Follow us on Twitter it is at your tech report facebook.com your tech report of course youtube.com slash your online and, uh, and I'm, I'm gonna patent that right now uh, no way I can't patent that can I no no the I new can. iPhone
0: there yeah. might be some other people that some other high paid highly paid lawyers <laughs> yeah did exactly. you do it but it's good
3: it's really good you've been tuned in to your tech report join us again next week for another edition and be sure to follow your tech report online email us contact at your follow us on Twitter at at Your Tech Report. Like us on Facebook.com/slash Your Tech Report. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, YourTechReport.com. Welcome back to Your
1: Tech Report. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Marco Flalo in Montreal, Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. Follow along with us, Mitchell, on our social media platforms uh, Twitter.com, Twitter <laughs> uh, at Your Tech Report, <laughs> Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report, and of course our website, Your where you can find links to our YouTube channel and all our fun stuff we're doing there. Don't forget giveaways, all that fun stuff is there. Mitchell. Yes, talk to me. There's a world out there, a world that is unknown to us, and this world is this emoji world. You know, if I say Wait, first the, of
0: all, let, let me jump now. No, first of all, that the world is not unknown to us. My my whole family's obsessed with emojis. I have to tell you that right now, obsessed with them. My wife was complaining they don't make specific ones that that she wants to use. So I'm very familiar with emojis. But go on.
1: Okay, so so this world of emojis is uh, until recently I didn't realize that people are actually uh, not only making emojis but people are making money off emojis. That I did not know. I know. So to to dive into this topic, okay, we have someone special on the phone. Dana Loberg is the CEO of a company called Moji Lala. Dana, welcome to your tech report. Tell us, what on earth does Moji Lala do?
2: Yes. So we are a platform and a marketplace for artists to get distribution of all their stickers and emojis across chat apps and keyboards um, that exist in the the mobile space.
1: Now, this to me seems like an incredible opportunity at at a perfect time. Like, I mean, there's so many companies that kind of pop up when you you almost feel like it's a bit too late in the game in terms of trying to monetize something or give people access to something they didn't have before. But you guys are filling a need that's fairly present, correct?
2: Yeah, like there's a consumer need to get more variety um, and newer and real-time emojis that they can use for communication with their friends and also the chat apps and keyboards are also looking for new emerging artists and emojis that they can build more engagement on their platform. So it's like a perfect combination in time for us to be building Moji Lala.
0: Well, Dana, talk yeah. a little bit, uh, let our audience know a little bit. Uh, we talk about the ex- exclusivity element of this. Talk about some of the celebrities that actually have their own exclusive emojis that are monetizing this.
2: Oh, well, I mean, we've all seen like Justin Bieber and the Kardashian family. Um, and obviously the Warriors. Um, Curry was the one who came out. There's been a lot of celebrities that have been leveraging uh their fan base and building keyboards and their own emoji app. But there's also a ton of other artists, like real visual artists and graphic designers and studios out there that also are building their own stickers and sticker packs. Um, so it's actually becoming much more broader than just celebrities building their uh, their own exclusive keyboards and, and emoji packages.
1: Dana, how, how long has your company exi- been in existence?
2: We're actually pretty stealth right now. We're, we're pretty new. We've only been working on this for like six months and we're officially launching in a few
1: weeks. This is very cool because, I mean, for example, the app store for stickers is something that's so relatively new when it comes to iMessage on iOS devices. Um, How does a store and a platform like that impact the way that artists are marketing their work?
2: I think it's massive. As soon as we heard that iOS 10 was coming and Apple was opening up the sticker marketplace, we were super excited because this is the right time to start helping artists get better distribution of their stickers in the iPhone. So immediately we started to build the technology to allow artists to upload their stickers on our platform, and then we automatically generate a sticker pack for them in the iMessage store, which builds them, gives them awareness and distribution that they're looking for, um, and we're able to help them with the technology part, which is pretty difficult for a lot of artists um, who aren't necessarily technical but really want to get their stickers out there and kind of build a brand for for their skills.
0: You know, you, you just, yeah, you, you, I have this question all lined up, and you just already answered it, but, you know, we talk about a lot of things that Mark and I talk about are barrier to entry and making things easier on the back end, but it seems like you've streamlined the process uh, from beginning to end. If an artist comes to you and says, okay, here's what I want, I want to get this emoji out there, here's my idea, you've made the process pretty easy, and I think that's where the real win is going to come, because the the more you facilitate this, the more people that are going to come in and create with you guys, Correct.
2: Yeah, like the idea was, I'm actually an artist in my background, and I wanted to make it as easy and simple as possible for an artist to upload their sticker pack. And then we do all the back-end technology plus all the partnerships um, for better distribution beyond just the iMessage. So uh, this is kind of like a one-stop shop where, like, if anyone wants a global distribution of their stickers, they come to Mojilala, they upload, and then we help facilitate that distribution across the, the chat app for them.
1: And then when emojis kind of first launched in the market, I think it was really primarily over, overseas in Japan. When that's come over to North America, how, how big of an industry is this dollar wise?
2: So it's it actually, well, now that you've brought up Japan, um, there's one particular <laughs> chat app that's Line. It's ch- the biggest chat app in Japan. And their marketplace is creating $300 million a year oh my just God. selling digital stickers. <laughs>
1: So so on, so, so in North America, we're talking about billions of dollars in terms of an in, in industry size.
2: Yes, potentially. It's still relatively new. Like, it's still very hot and trendy. And I would say it started in, like, the early 2016 as far as it coming to America and the adoption rate for the, you know, visual communication and chat apps. But I think it's only going to grow, and I think it could be in, like, the billions. Um,
0: eventually. Well, you know, of course now my my head is swimming with all these different ideas and possibilities. So someone comes to your company, you guys create and help them do the back end of their exclusive emojis. You help them on the marketing side and all this. Uh, How does that translate to the merchandising side? The only reason I'm asking that is because now, you know, emojis have become such a big merchandising platform with plushies, with stuffed toys, all these different stuff that's going on. Are they covered with you guys in that way as well, or is that a totally different business model?
2: a little bit (laughs) separate and different. I think maybe eventually if we realize like, oh my God, like people are following certain artists or the celebrityism to each, you know, like the high caliber emoji artist. And then eventually like line, we can maybe potentially start building out, you know, the e-commerce bit when it comes to uh, the merchandising, but it's not right now in our roadmap. I think it will take a little bit more time to develop that kind of fan base for the emoji artist in the U.S. before we start thinking about that.
1: When it comes down to communication that its kind of core, how do you feel, I know this is kind of a broad question, but how do you feel the use of emojis is changing the way that we're actually communicating? Is it, is it dumbing things down? Are we losing something here? Is it like when, when people compare it to, you know, kids who will not know how to type a letter or write a letter, sorry, by hand anymore? It's
2: just the way... That we're evolving. I don't think. I don't think it has to be looked at as like, are we getting super because we're sending hieroglyphics to each other, or are we getting smarter? I think it's just our lives are getting busier and faster, and everything is in your phone. And so, if something is easier and faster to send to communicate, we'll do it. So, okay, I think the emojis is just part of that.
0: Yeah, you know, as, I, I, I apologize for interrupting. I didn't mean to interrupt you, uh, Dana. Uh, and if you just joined us, we're talking to Dana Loberg. She's the CEO of Moji Lala. We're talking about the monetization and marketing of emojis for both celebrities and artists. And it's really, as you and Mark have both been talking about, and I've been chiming in as well, this is such a new market, but such a, a vibrant market because people, as I told you, my family is hungry for this stuff. And everyone has always wanted to know what the next cool emoji is that they can embed in their keyboard for communications. And Mark, to answer your question from my end, And, of course, the possibility is is always there, you know, as a society, people are not typing. But I look at it as a way to enhance communication, a way to add a little fun and add a little flavor. And, Dana, now you kind of got me thinking about wanting to do my own emoji because I got to tell you, the idea of, like, a guy with a bad stomach having lunch with his (laughs) friends, that would make a great emoji. Like a guy grabbing his stomach surrounded by his friends on a great meal. I I really kind of want to start doing something for myself now. Yeah, no, I
2: think, like, I've been talking to a lot of, different types of people here in Silicon Valley and everyone's been telling me, like, I want my own emoji, I want my own package. <laughs> and it's been really popular amongst everybody. It doesn't have to be just businesses and celebrities. I think it could be, like, much bigger as far as everyone wanting their own individual package to represent them.
1: Now, we don't need to go into actual details, but I'm assuming that anybody who comes to Lala, there's going to be some kind of revenue share set up. So is there any upfront cost, or you guys do a lot of a lot of the the work ahead of time?
2: Yeah, I mean, we do have, if we have like a brand or a company that comes to us wanting your emoji pack, we run a contest on our platform and we split the revenue with the artist, or we also can hand-select the artist that matches with the design or the idea that the company wants, and then we, can, we go from there, but... It's not super expensive. It's pretty affordable. Um, and, but yeah, like we do need to pay our artists. This is a business and we want them to be paid for their work, so um, we don't do it for free. It's their packages or brand
1: Understood. Uh, listen, we have a lot of creative people who, of course, listen to our show and uh, check us out on the web. And I'm sure are going to, you know, imagination is going to get sparked kind of just like Mitchell's and mine is now, are now. Dana, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We, we, we definitely want to keep in touch because we want to see how this evolves over time. I want to make sure that we're still talking verbally as opposed to having an interview emoji <laughs> style.
2: <laughs> okay, great. You can do
1: that. Follow along with us on Twitter. It is at your tech report. Send us an emoji, will you? Facebook.com slash your tech report. And of course, YouTube.com slash your tech report online. Back in a moment.
3: Your tech report will be right back.